of lessons on the topic of witnessing. Check my notes this past week. The last time we taught a series of lessons on witnessing was 2013, and none of you were teenagers then, so definitely time to revisit this topic once again, spend some weeks and months on this important aspect of the Christian life. Last week, our topic was the Holy Spirit and witnessing. We opened that discussion with Revelation twenty-two seventeen. the Spirit and the Bride say come and talked about the holy cooperation between the believer and the Holy Spirit, the job of the Christians to be a witness, the job of the Holy Spirit is to convict the sinner, then to impart the new birth to those who believe. But the Holy Spirit is not an ethereal force that's floating throughout the world. The Holy Spirit lives inside of the believer, so the only way the Holy Spirit can do his job is if the believer does his job. It is a mutual dependence. It is only when we faithfully and obediently proclaim the gospel that the Holy Spirit can convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, and give the new birth to those who believe. So 1 Corinthians 3 says we are workers together with God in this great cause of world evangelism. And the blessing is that when we yield and when we obey, the Holy Spirit's there to give us boldness and to give us utterance and to bring all things to our remembrance. He empowers us to be his witness is, and he empowers our witness as well, which means that success is not dependent upon us, our power, our strength, our ability, our persuasiveness, our techniques, our people skills. It's, it's not about us. Will we proclaim the gospel? The power is in the gospel. The power is in the Holy Spirit. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord. So it's not that we don't want to see results. We certainly want to see people saved. We want to be effective witnesses for the Lord, but we can't manufacture those results, nor are we responsible to do so. We are simply called to preach the gospel to every creature. And so the power is in the gospel, Romans 1.16. It's manifested and activated when a sinner believes, but a sinner can't believe the gospel if he doesn't hear the gospel, and he can't hear the gospel if we don't preach the gospel. And that uh, progression is given in Romans 10 and Ephesians 1. And 1 Corinthians 1 says, The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto which are saved it is the power of God, and it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God manifested his word through preaching Titus 1 that's committed unto each and every one of us. And we pick up this morning right where we left off. Um, and today our topic is the Bible and witnessing. The Bible and witnessing. Colossians chapter 3 verse number 16 says, Colossians three sixteen, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. First point from this passage, it is important that our lives as Christians are Bible-saturated. We have to let the Word of Christ dwell in us, and not just dwell in us, but dwell in us richly. The, the Bible should be overflowing from our 
hearts because the Bible is essential and the Bible is necessary for every aspect of the Christian life. It is our sustenance. It is our nourishment. It is the source of strength and of growth. It is it is our line of communication with God. It is the way that we grow to be more like Him. It is the way that we grow to know Him. The Bible is, is irreplaceable in the Christian life. And witnessing is no exception. And we're going to cover four points after we run a string of references. I'll go ahead and give you those uh, now. Uh, in witnessing, we must use the scriptures. In witnessing, we must study the scriptures. For witnessing, we need to memorize the scriptures. And then point number four, we must live the scripture. A good Christian witness will use scripture and study scripture, memorize scripture and live scripture, but we'll run these references to establish the foundation upon which those principles are based. Come with me to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Why is the Bible so essential to the Christian witness? Why is it so important that we use and study and memorize and live the scripture in order to be an effective witness to the lost of the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 19, verse number 7. Psalm 19, verse number 7. Look what the Bible says. The law of the Lord, and that is a reference to the Word of God. There are different uh, titles, if you will, given to the scriptures throughout the book of Psalms, especially in this passage. It's called the law of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord, and so forth. The law of the Lord is perfect. It's complete. It's pure. It's right. It's good. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And that's what we're after. We're not just trying to have people change their lives. Their souls need to be saved. Their souls need to be converted. Their souls are lost and bound for a devil's hell. And Jesus Christ offers forgiveness and salvation to the soul. And the only thing that will convert the soul is the power of the perfect word of God. The reason you're saved, if you're saved this morning, is because you came in contact with truth from the law of the Lord, which is perfect and converted your soul. It has life-saving, life-changing power. The Bible is a supernatural book. Unlike any other book upon the face of the earth, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Look at John 5 and verse 39. John chapter 5 and verse 39. This is Jesus speaking in this passage. And here's what he says, John 5. In verse 39, John 5, 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Jesus said you need to open the Bible and you need to read it and you need to search it and you need to study it because that's the only way 
to find how to have eternal life. And when you do, you'll find that eternal life is only in me. Jesus said that the scriptures were essential for someone finding the way of salvation. And his advice was to search them, to read them, to study them, to examine them. Listen, we're going to stand before God on the day of judgment, and God is a good judge, and he judges by the book, but he gave us the book ahead of time. We don't have to wonder what the basis of judgment will be. We don't have to guess what will be the determining factor in the outcome of the judgment on the final day. God wrote it down. God revealed it to us. So search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. There they which testify of me. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Next, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15. This is Timothy's testimony. It matches the testimony of many of us here this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15. Timothy had a saved mother and a saved grandmother who taught him the scriptures. And because of that, 2 Timothy 3.15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. He learned the Bible stories. I don't know if they had flashcards or flannel graphs or PowerPoint or exactly what curriculum uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother used to teach him the Old Testament scriptures, but he knew them from the time that he was a child. I, I don't remember not knowing the truths of the Word of God, Adam and Eve, and Noah and the flood, and the Garden of Eden, and the fall of man, and the Ten Commandments, and David and Goliath, and Jonah and the whale, and all of these stories of the Old Testament that aren't just stories, they're, they're narratives, they're accounts, they're history, and they all point to Jesus Christ. Search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. There they which testify of me. The, the scriptures testify of Jesus Christ. And Timothy knew the scriptures, look at this, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Interesting. Knowledge, intellectual facts, information that you have filed away in your brain and have access to, you can call upon it. The, great, the, the, the brain's the greatest supercomputer in the world, just an amazing design by God the Creator. And you have knowledge, you have information, but wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. Wisdom is using what you know to make the right choice and the right decision. Here's what the Scripture can give you. Wisdom unto salvation because salvation is not just about knowing Jesus lived salvation is not just about knowing that Jesus died on a cross salvation is not just knowing that Jesus rose again the third day salvation is placing your faith and trust in him as your only hope of having your sins forgiven where do you gain that wisdom by knowing the Holy Scriptures. You see what he had? He knew the Scriptures and he had wisdom. Wisdom is the exercise of the knowledge to make the right choice. And if you've never been saved, the choice you need to make if you're wise is to trust in Jesus Christ. But none of that is possible without the Scriptures. 
The scriptures is the means that God has chosen to reveal this truth to us, to impart this knowledge to us, to give us access to this wisdom. Okay? And Timothy knew the Holy Scriptures, able to make him wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, and verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 4, and verse number 12. The Bible says, For the word of God is quick. That does not mean that it can run fast and win a race. Okay? You're cutting your fingernails, you go too far, you cut to go too far, you cut down to the quick. And it hurts, it's painful, don't do it. But it's the living part, right? Okay? For the word of God is quick. That means it is alive. That means it is life giving. It's not a dead textbook. It's not just one more religious writing. The word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. you got the three parts of man right there. Uh, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What's interesting about the Bible, you read the Bible, the Bible will read you. The Bible's a mirror. You look at it, it'll show you yourself. Not on the outside, on the inside. It'll it'll pierce the bible says the the soul it'll pierce the spirit it'll discern the thoughts and intents of your heart you read the bible it'll show you why you need jesus christ and it's quick and it's powerful it won't just show you that you're dead it'll show you the way to life look at james chapter 1 and verse 18 James chapter 1, talking about the power of the word of God. James 1 and verse number 18. Back up one verse, 17 is really good, let's read it as well. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his Creatures, okay? So, begat he us. That is a new birth. That is being born again. And it is God's will. It is God's desire. It is God's intention that every one of us experiences a new birth which will make us saved and on our way to heaven. How does that come about? The word of truth. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Look at verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, listen, the Bible didn't die for your sins. The Bible is not the Savior. But the Bible is the means that God has chosen to reveal to you that Christ did die for your sins. And the Bible is the means God has chosen to reveal to you that you are a sinner who needs a Savior. And the Bible has the power to save your soul if you'll believe it and do what it says. The power of the Word of God. Come to 1 Peter chapter 1. I think we read this verse last week. We'll read it again today. 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 21. 1 Peter 1, 21. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead 
and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Listen, being a Christian, being born again, being saved, doesn't depend on what family you were born into, doesn't depend on what church that you attend, doesn't depend on what Bible you carry, doesn't depend on what day you worship, doesn't depend on how good of a life or bad of a life you live being born again, not a credible seed, but of incredible by the word of God. Do you believe what the Bible says? Did you do what the Bible says you have to do to be saved? The Bible is the seed that brings about the new birth. 24, for all flesh is grass. The glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11. These verses all explain why the scripture is so essential in witnessing. It, uh, without it, the new birth cannot take place. Without it, the soul cannot be converted. Without it, the sinner cannot be saved. First uh, John chapter 5, verse number 11. And this is the record that God hath given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. It's not in you. It's not in me. It's not in religion. It's not in good works. It's not in baptism. It's, it's in Jesus Christ. Verse 12, he that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son of God hath not life. Again, God's not going to ask you if you have religion or if you have church. God's The, the only question that will determine the outcome on the day of judgment is do you have Jesus Christ. How do you get him? You receive him by faith. John chapter 1 and verse 12. Verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Man, there's nothing better to know than that. We don't have to hope. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to worry. We can know. How do we know? We know because we have a record given by the God before whom we will stand on the final day, and it says in clear English what we must do to be saved. Here's how we can know. Because the Bible says, These things ever written unto you, that believe on the name of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Here's another reason we can know. Because it does not depend on us. If salvation depended on what you did or didn't do, you could never know whether or not you're saved because you don't know what you are or aren't going to do tomorrow. Any religion that teaches good works as a part of salvation never promises assurance of salvation because you can never know when you have done enough. There is no good works religion good works salvation plan that says, okay, you've done this, you've made it, no more works required. There's always something more that must be done. But the Bible says that when Christ died on the cross, he cried, it is finished. And because my salvation is dependent on what Jesus did and because what Jesus did is completed, I know that I have eternal life. How? Because I've read and done what was written 
concerning the Son of God. Okay? So the Bible is an essential element of the sinner's salvation. So the Bible is a very important tool for the Christian witness. A Christian must, number one, use the Scriptures. Come to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 29. This is a comment made in reference to the ministry of Jesus Christ. He has just completed what is called the Sermon on the Mount. It's recorded in Matthew 5 and 6 and 7. He finishes with the wise man who built his house on the rock and the foolish man who built his house upon the sand and those picture and represent those who believe and do what the Word of God says and those who do not. And verse 28, it came to pass when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. And listen, as we follow Jesus Christ and as we proclaim Jesus Christ. We do so with authority because we're not making it up. When we declare the word of God, we are saying, thus saith the Lord. When we preach the gospel and we use the scripture, uh, it's, it's not our opinion. It's not our church's creed. It's not our denomination's beliefs. It is what the Bible says It is important that you use the scripture in your witnessing and use the Bible in your witnessing because you do not want to come across as presenting that this is my opinion or my doctrine. It has nothing to do with us. This is from the word of God and that carries great authority. Okay? It's, it's essential because the law of the Lord converts the soul, because the scriptures testify of Jesus Christ, because they make one wise to salvation, because they are quick and powerful, because they save the soul, because it's the incorruptible seed that brings about the new birth, because it's what gives knowledge of eternal life, it's essential that we use the Bible when we witness. It's not about our salesmanship. It's not about our, our, our arm-twisting techniques. It's not about painting someone to a corner so they have to repeat a prayer. It's, it, it, it's not manipulation. It's, it's, right, just proclaim what the Bible says. Just open the Scripture and read God's truth. Just pass out gospel tracts with Bible verses on them. The Christian witness must use the scripture. Point number two, we must study the scripture. Come to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15. The Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All right, so we're not saved by good works, right? Ephesians 2 8, Ephesians 2 9. We are saved to good works, Ephesians 2 10. 
It's not by works of righteousness, Titus 3.5, but if you're saved, you ought to maintain good works, Titus 3.8. We don't work for our salvation, but we do work out salvation, Philippians 2.12. The reason God saved us is to make us workmen for him. What must a workman do? What is the work we've been called to? It's the work of the Great Commission. It's the work of spreading the gospel. It's the work of proclaiming Jesus Christ. But in order to be a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, what do you have to do? You've got to study. You've got to study. How are you going to use the scripture if you don't know what scriptures say what? How are you going to present the plan of salvation if you can't find it in the Bible? How are you going to be a Christian witness who uses God's word if you don't spend any time in God's word yourself? You've got to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed. Because when you go and witness, people are going to ask you questions. When you go and witness, people are going to bring objections. When you go and witness, people are going to oppose you. And people are going to challenge you and you've got to be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason hope that's in you with meekness and with fear now listen you don't have to know all the answers before you go and witness if you have a testimony you know enough but as you go and witness you're going to learn what questions must be answered and you're going to have to go to the bible to find the answer study to show thyself approved unto God. Could you this morning take a Bible and show someone what they need to know and what they need to do to be saved? If someone came to you and said, what must I do to be saved? Could you give a clear, thorough gospel presentation that would enable that person to make the most important decision of all time and eternity and lead them to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Could you do that? If Listen, if you can't, okay, study. Find out how. Learn how. Take some effort. Take some time. But you invest time in things that are important to you. Make this important. Study to show thyself approved unto God. In order to use the scripture, you've got to study the scripture. Number three, memorize scripture. Come to Psalm Psalm 119. Psalm 119, we use this verse on Thursday night. Psalm 119 and verse 11. It's a great verse in the word of God. Psalm 119, 11. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Here's the psalmist, and he said, I I might not always have my scroll with me, but I've got God's word in my heart. And when you have an open door to uh, explain the gospel, to present the gospel, to challenge a sinner, you might not have your Bible with you. You you, You might not always have the Bible on your person to open up, but do you have it in your heart? Can you quote it? Can you recite it? Do you know enough verses to explain to someone clearly the way of salvation? You've got to memorize the scripture. Listen, it's important for so many reasons and on so many levels. It'll help you in your daily life. It'll help you fight temptation. It'll help the word of Christ dwell in you 
richly. It'll give the Holy Spirit something to remind you of when you need it. That's whether you're being tempted or whether you're in a witnessing encounter and need a verse to answer a question or a challenge or an objection. If you will memorize the Word of God, you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with and you're enabling yourself to use the Bible when you witness. I asked, do you know how to take the Bible and show someone how to be saved? Second question to layer on top of that, even if you don't have the Bible with you, do you know enough verses to be able to tell someone what the Bible says without it coming across as your opinion or your belief or what your church and preacher and parents taught you, can you go back to the Word of God with authority for the way of eternal life? Memorize the Scripture. Then point number four, live the Scriptures. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Let the Word Christ dwell in you richly. Matthew chapter 5. And verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. There is something called lifestyle evangelism. It's not found in the Bible, but lifestyle evangelism is, I'm just going to be nice, and I'm going to smile a lot, and I'm going to live a good life, and I'm going to help my neighbor, and through that, people will come to me and ask me why I'm so different, and then I will have a chance to witness to them. That lifestyle evangelism. We don't need to confront people with the gospel. We don't need to go everywhere sharing the gospel, um, uh, preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. That's lifestyle evangelism. I just need to live a good life and I need to let my light shine and that'll let the world know that Jesus saves. That's not how the Bible says it, okay? Uh, we have to confront people with the gospel. We have to open our mouths. We can't preach the gospel without using words. However, However, we need to be balanced on this because the Bible does speak of the importance of a Christian's testimony. And if I'm going to talk the talk, I need to walk the walk. And if the two don't line up, I am discrediting myself as a Christian witness. If I go around proclaiming the word of God to people, but I'm not following it in my daily life, I am the epitome of a hypocrite. When I tell people that Jesus saves from sin, my life ought to be the illustration. When I tell people that Jesus Christ makes all the difference and he makes life worth living and I've got joy and peace and happiness and I've got real love and hope and contentment, my life needs to be exhibit A. Let your light so shine before men. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are 
call, vocation. That's your job. And everybody's going to have a different vocation, a different job, a different career, a different way of making your way in the world and providing for your family. And some of you are going to have blue-collar jobs, and some of you are going to have white-collar jobs, and some of you are going to be entrepreneurs, and some of you are just probably going to be bums. And I'm just kidding. Hopefully nobody here, right? Different vocations, different jobs. But what is your job as a Christian? No matter, no matter what your trade is, your calling is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter how you make your money, your purpose is to be a witness. It doesn't matter what your career is, your your your, your reason for existence as a born again child of God on the earth is to preach the gospel, to share the good news, to let people know how to be saved. So you you got to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith. You're called. You gotta have a life that matches what you're saying. You can't just use and memorize and study the scripture. You'd better live it as well to give your witness some credibility. Philippians chapter one, verse twenty-seven. Philippians chapter one, verse number twenty-seven. A couple pages over from Ephesians four. Philippians one. 27, only let your conversation be, and conversation in the Bible encompasses more than your speech and the words that you use, it encompasses, it's another word for your lifestyle, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Your life needs to be becoming, your life needs to match Your life needs to back up and support the things that you say and declare about Jesus Christ. Uh, Verse 27, only let your conversation be as become the gospel of Christ. Whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Last reference this morning, Philippians 2, 14 to 16, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So I'm holding it forth, verse 16. I'm preaching the gospel, verse 16. I'm declaring the good news, verse 16. I'm telling sinners how to be saved, verse 16. But in verse 15... I better make sure that while I do that, I'm blameless, I'm harmless, I'm without rebuke, I'm letting my light shine in a dark, dark world. So the Bible uh, is, is an essential element in witnessing. It's the power of God to salvation. We must use it, must study it, must memorize it, must live it. God help us. Lord, thank you uh, for this truth this morning. Helps to take it and, uh, Lord, believe it and apply it. Um, God, I, I pray that we would all uh, be able, and Lord, we would make ourselves able, uh, Lord, to take the Bible and show sinners how to be saved. Put that desire, God, in our hearts. Give us a burden for the lost around us. Thank you for so great a salvation. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.